0: Welcome to Don't Wait to Write with Amber Petty. Today, we're learning a little something. So last week, I talked about how to get started if you don't have any samples when it comes to freelance writing. If you're like, what? I, I haven't heard such a thing. Hey, just go back to last Friday's episode. It's all there. Go back and listen to it and then come back to this one. Or listen to this one first, you're an adult, you make your own choices and I support that. After talking about those beginning steps to getting started, I mentioned pitching and that is what we're doing today. Pitching is when you send an idea to an editor of a publication and they say, hooray, yes, please write that and here's money. Or they say, no thanks, or they don't say anything, you know, because they didn't write you back because that is the world of the internet sometimes. What might surprise you is that basically every major publication takes pitches from freelancers because even with a staff, even with a big name, they still have so much content they have to put out. They need to have stories from other people. So when you're sending an idea to an editor. You're not saying, hey, hire me forever. Oh my God, I'm the best writer in the world. Uh, you should probably pay me for my work. Nope, you're really just saying, hey, I know you need stories. Here's an idea. That's it. And because basically everybody needs stories, anybody can pitch. You don't have to have a billion bylines. You don't have to have a journalism degree or an MFA or a, a best friend in the literary circles of New York, you just have to have an idea. Most of my students got their first byline, their first paid article, and all they had was a spec piece they wrote up themselves, and then an idea. The reason this is really good for newer writers is because the editor really doesn't have a lot on the line. So as I said, when you're sending a pitch, you're not saying, hey, hire me forever. The editor's going to work with you on one story, so the editor isn't risking that much by hiring people who maybe don't have a ton of credits to their name. Because at worst, okay, a story doesn't work out, they'll be able to move on, the paper's not going to crumble, it's all fine. At best, they find another great writer that they can work with regularly. So they are incentivized to work with all kinds of people. And I've heard this from editors directly and from my own experience and from my experience with students in my class. So it can sound like, yeah, but they probably only got something because they had a byline. No. You can get paid work, even if you don't have bylines, through a cold pitch to an editor. So that's the other thing that can sound weird of like, okay, so uh, just out of the blue, I'm going to email an editor and say, hey, here's an idea. That does sound kind of funny, right? It does sound a little intrusive possibly, but it's not. That's exactly how it works. Editors will ask for specific ideas sometimes. They do this via Twitter, mostly of all places, but they are open to ideas all the time and they expect to get ideas from writers. So when you're emailing them, it's not like you are just emailing a stranger going, what's up, how about a job for me? They expect to get pitches. So you're just giving them what they already expect. Now, does that mean they always get back to you? Or it is always a yes? Of course not. But they're not gonna look at you and go, what in the hell? Who is this person trying to email me? They're not fancy enough. They're never gonna say that. I've asked editors that have come to my classes. I've asked this to multiple editors. What's the worst pitch you've ever received? None of them can give me an answer. Because they receive so many pitches for the most part, the ones they don't like, they just don't remember. They don't remember it, they move on. They don't hold it against that writer. In fact, they don't remember that the writer pitched at all. (laughs) And that might not sound the most cool. (laughs) Don't worry, you'll be immediately forgotten. I know that's not the most reassuring, but it's great news. Because it means if you do happen to send a pitch that's not that great, cool. They just don't remember immediately. And the next time you do send in a pitch that's a better fit, that's when they'll remember you. Also, editors get stuff where people, they say no, and people write back like, well, I didn't actually want to write for your place. Or like, well, you're just a stupid bitch, so why would I want to write here? Like, they actually get responses like that. So those are the people they remember. You are not going to be a problem. Those are two of the things that are unexpected, right? So the fact that anybody can pitch and that editors are expecting pitches on any topic at any time. Again, when I say any topic, I mean that would be covered by that publication, of course. But, you know, they're open to pitches at all times. With that little background of how pitching works, how it's more accessible than you might have imagined, what do you do? What do you put in a pitch? Well, here you go. A pitch is short and you wanna answer three questions. Specifically, what is the story? What is your specific angle? Why is this important right now? And why are you the person to write it? This part of the pitch is usually around 250 to 350 words, two to three paragraphs, roughly. Sometimes it's a little shorter, sometimes it's a little longer, of course, it varies, but you want to keep things to the shorter side if you can. You're also selling your idea, which doesn't mean you have to be sleazy about it or something like, this story has never been heard before, take it before it blows up like crazy. You know, like you don't have to make things up and be a weirdo, but you want to sell the idea. So give the most interesting parts of your idea. I see a lot of pitches where people kind of present the question of the story they want to write, but they don't give the answer. So if you're saying, wouldn't it be interesting to cover blank? Well, the editor needs an answer too. (laughs) So, wouldn't it be interesting to cover um, plus sustainable plus size clothing? Because it's so much harder to find. It's a more complicated question. There's still so fewer options for plus-size people. You know, you would give some of those specific answers. Obviously, you would make it tighter than my example that got inspired by me looking around the closet that I record in, but that's still a decent generalized example of that. I see in pitches a lot where people talk about how they came up with the idea and introduce the idea, but then never really talk about what the story will be itself. So a little bit of introduction is fine if it helps show why this is something that readers would like or why it's popular or, you know, why it should be covered. But then the editors need to know what's in the story. So you don't have to give away every detail or list everything single thing that will be in there. But give away the most interesting facts. So if you're pitching some kind of list, then give examples of about three things that would be on that list. You don't need to give everything because that'll then make the pitch pretty long, but if you give three examples, then that gives the editor a sense of what you'll be talking about and how you'll be talking about it. You don't even need to write the item and then a full paragraph for each one. You can just say, I would also include blank, blank, and blank, and then another sentence. Describing more about why that third thing would be part of the story. This isn't an exact way you have to do this, of course. It's just a way I tend to do it so you get out the most information in the least amount of time. One of the most important parts is why now. The why now part of the pitch. Sometimes this is obvious because your story is based on a news story or a seasonal event or a holiday or something where the time is literally coming up to talk about this great reiterate that in your pitch other times there might be a trend that you're aware of that an editor is not aware of and you can bring that up or just anything that shows why readers would be interested overall in your pitch you wanna focus more on why readers would be interested more than why you want to write it. Because you wanting to write it is assumed. The editor assumes you wanna write about it because you wrote him an email. So when you can maybe still talk about your passion for the subject or especially any of your education or expertise on it, delightful. But whenever you can, keep the focus on the reader. Why would their readers be interested? And when you can do that, it just makes it an easier yes from the editor. The part that trips a lot of people up is the why should I be the person to write this part? If you're an imposter syndrome friend, you know, that can feel like, I, I don't know, I should be the last person to write it actually, cause I suck. Well, that's obviously not true. But sometimes you have an expertise in this that the editor's not gonna know about. Maybe you lived in the place that the story is about. Maybe you did that job for years. Maybe you studied it extensively in school. Maybe you've read all about it. It's very possible you have an intimate knowledge that, honestly, a bunch of people are not going to have. Now, if you don't have that, it's still okay. I once wrote a piece for MTV about Eurovision, and I just reiterated, basically how much I love Eurovision. And I didn't go on and on about it, but I was like, I've watched this every year for years. I know very few Americans that do, but it was the year Justin Timberlake was doing uh, something for Eurovision. So I showed why it would be uh, interesting for Americans to read about it this year. And yeah, reiterated that I know a lot about the show and love it. So this part of the pitch can be very short. So that's the body of the pitch. You also want to title your pitch in the subject line, pitch, colon, a headline of the article. This is just a proposed headline, of course, but it just shows you specifically know what your story is about, so you can state it in a headline, and if you write a headline that is attention-grabbing, that never hurts. So you have your subject line, you have your two to three paragraph pitch in the body of the email, and then at the end, just write a one to two sentence bio about yourself. A lot of times you say where you're writing from, and if there's a little fun fact you wanna add, great. You can also put in where you went to school, or anything braggable, anything braggable you can put in there. Again, this is short, This doesn't have to be a lot. So just put like a top brag and a top fun fact, and then link to your work. That's where you want to link to that spec piece you've written. Or if you have other bylines, link to two or three other ones. Now, some editors don't even care about this part, but I've seen enough editors that usually want to read something you've written. So it is best to put a link to something in the pitch. It doesn't have to be exactly the type of article you're pitching. Even if the subject matter or style is different, it's okay. They just want to see how you put words together, basically. They're just kind of double checking you can do it. So linking to anything there is helpful. So you have your pitch. Then you find the editor's email address, their work email, and you email it to them. That's it. though pitching is not the easiest thing in the world i know it's not but it actually saves you a lot of work because for most articles you're going to pitch them first and then only write up the whole article if the editor says yes which is great news because it means you don't have to write up a ton of articles first lots of times editors don't want to see your completed drafts because they may want to take your pitch and move it in a slightly different direction or have some input on it. And that's great. If you have that full draft you send to them, they can feel like you're less flexible to that and they might be more likely to say no, if it's not already a really good fit for them. Now, the only exception to this is with satire pieces. So if you're writing something for McSweeney's, you do need to write out the completed piece and send that with your pitch. Also for op-eds, for the most part, sometimes you can pitch them, but for the most part, op-eds are written in entirety and then sent. Also op-eds tend to be six to 800 words, so at least that does make it a little easier. Then sometimes personal essays, they wanna see the whole essay with the pitch. Now this isn't true all the time. If you pitch Huffington Post, they want just a pitch. But if you pitch Modern Love of the New York Times, you have to put the whole thing through. (laughs) Or if you're pitching something to the New Yorker, uh, you have to submit the completed draft. So those are little exceptions, but the vast majority of stuff you're going to just pitch and then write up later. So you get to have ideas, write two to three paragraphs about them, find an email address, and then move on. That is so much less work than having to write out all the articles first. So even though pitching still can feel scary, you can see it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I know I said that in a lying voice. Yeah, it's actually great. Uh, But it's not, it will feel like a big deal the first few times you do it. Because no matter what I say, when you reach out to an editor, it feels weird or presumptuous. But I will say that scared feeling dissipates really quickly, and that's not to say every time I pitch I'm just cool as a cucumber about it, but my level of freakout is incredibly low and sometimes it is a true zero. Other times I get a little worried and then I remember, oh yeah, this is just one pitch I could reuse for another place, I have a million more ideas, it's okay. And then I hit send. So that's the basics of pitching. I didn't know this until I was like three and a half years into freelance writing. So you got a real shortcut here, everybody, and I'm glad to give it to you. because I should have known sooner. It was my own fault that I didn't. So I highly recommend that you try pitching somewhere. If you want to make it easier, This is not a person I'm affiliated with. I'm just a massive fan, but you can get opportunities of the week. It's $4 a month and it's a newsletter where Sonia Weiser combs Twitter for all the editor pitch requests and puts them in a newsletter that you get twice a week. It is well worth the money and it makes it even easier. So instead of having to just send any old idea to any editor, you get to reply to a direct request and that is a great way to get started so i will include opportunities of the week in the show notes you can also google it of course but i highly recommend that if you want a little bit of like some training wheels to get into pitching i i highly highly recommend it okay that's it for today Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review. And if you want to know what to do with these pitches, you can download my free guide to 250 places that pay writers. This will give you the masthead, some of the editor contact info for a whole bunch of places that pay. So it'll be much easier to find where you should send that pitch after you've written it. To get that, go to amberpetty.com slash 250, 250. That's it for today, I can't wait to see what you write.